You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Bear and Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the editor of that fine website, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, real football, fake football. I don't know where you stand on that, but football was played and the Bears won the game. How, how did you take in the first football action of the season? You know, I've always liked preseason. You know, I kind of, you know, I'm not watching for the wins or the losses. I'm watching for the for the position battles. I like seeing those, those young guys really fight for a roster spot. And, you know, I mean, it's not only the young guys, it's some of the guys that are, are going to be starters, you know, trying to, you know, they're competing for a starting job. So I've always enjoyed preseason. I, I'm not going to watch a lot of other preseason games because I don't know a lot of those guys in the roster. But, you know, when it comes to preseason, I'm all in when it comes to the Chicago Bears. Yeah, it was interesting. So I'm in, you know, I'm in Des Moines. And so I'm actually closer to Kansas City than I am to Chicago. And so the the broadcast team that I was subjected to was actually the Chiefs broadcast team yesterday. So I was all it was all of those player hits on the sideline. They were Chiefs. Uh, all you know, I didn't get to see any of the Bear stuff until I went back and watched that stuff today. And then I, I was watching the condensed, so I didn't get to see the full interviews with like Mooney and you know Jalen Johnson and guys like that. I just saw a little that they got interviewed and little hits like that. But it was interesting to kind of see it from their perspective because they just wouldn't even call out who made tackles for, you know, <laughs> you know Bears player, you know, second string, third string guy would make a tackle and he'd be like, oh, and, you know, our guy got brought down in the backfield. You know, and it's like, help me out, you know, look, yeah. at, look at your sheet and call it out because I don't know all these numbers yet either. Uh, so that was that was really fascinating and interesting. But I think you probably got the local feed and Jim Miller, right? Yeah, it was the it was Jim Miller, uh, Adam Amin. It, it was a nice broadcast. It's it's but you know it's preseason for them too. You know, like you said, they didn't know a lot of the players. There was a point where they mentioned a, a, a Jaquan Brisker making a play where he wasn't even in the game. So yeah, it's I know a lot of people you know get get riled up when those mistakes happen. It's like come on, it's, it's preseason for everyone. You know, half the guys in this team are going to be gone. Let's let's cut those guys a break. It's it, it's still it's football. It's fun to watch. Now, when I was watching on the on the condensed broadcast, is it Chris Fink or Chris Finky? I, I guess it's Fink. I thought yeah, it was okay. Finky. They kept saying Fink, yeah. and I was like, we had been saying Finky. So yeah, uh, not that we'll probably need to learn that, but you know, I mean, it is it is Fink season, not Finky yeah. season, I guess. Yeah. So all right, well, we liked we're back into the format, man. Like you know, this is real football, on, yep. so. This is back in the full format. It's just you and me. We're going to go through all of the categories. Uh, I had fun going through this, but we start off every show with a trench tribute. And I, I have a feeling where both of us want to go, but I will let you lead off. You know, I have a feeling the same thing. Okay. Uh, so I, I'm going to go a different direction here. Okay. And I actually have two guys here, but I'm, I'm going to talk about Trayvon Coley. Well, defensive defensive tackle. He had two sacks, two tackles, two tackles for loss, three quarterback hits. And you know what? I, I know he had the sacks when I watched the game live, but when I rewatched it, 
This guy's got some really active hands. He's like six foot one, uh, 305. He's a little undersized, but you know, in, in this scheme, you know, he's a, he's a one gap penetrator. He, he's a pretty good athlete. I mean, he's still look, he's on the outside looking in for a roster spot, you know, but who knows? Stranger things have happened. You know, he was an undrafted free agent in 2016. This is actually his ninth NFL stop in his career. Oh. So, so this guy has been plugging along, trying to make a name. And like I said, the thing that stood out to me was his hands. You know, I was really impressed with how 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 active his hands were. Um, he had some nice moves there trying to, you know, from uh, pass rushing from the inside. So for me, I'm going to go Trayvon Coley for my first Trends tribute of the season. That's awesome. I did not expect you to go that direction. <laughs> I, I had a, a couple offensive linemen written down in case you wanted to talk about Braxton Jones. Um, I thought he looked pretty good, man. Yes. Like I'm, I'm, I, I just continue to be impressed with him. I, I was totally convinced that when the Bears signed Riley Reef, that they said, okay, like, you know, he's looked pretty good, but we're going to bring in a vet. He's going to learn from him. He's going to sit behind him for a year. And that's what, it, you know, that's how it started. And then they kicked Riley Reef over to right tackle, and Reef has not come back. And it's been Braxton Jones since then. And he needs a couple strong performances to seal that starting job up. And he started off on the right foot. He looked really good. Um, I'm really impressed. Uh, I also had Larry Borum written down because I'm impressed with Larry Same. Borum. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Yeah. He he bounced both uh, both sides. Played a little on both sides yesterday. And I. I continue to be impressed with just how he wins. I just think he wins with his frame uh, in pass pro and he just gets out of his uh, stance real, real nice, real quick. And he sets up and he just doesn't allow people past him. I mean, it's, it's just like, I'm a big dude and I'm, I'm out of my set quick and good luck. And so I'm, I'm really impressed with, with Larry Borm. I think he can be a swing tackle and maybe he works his way into one of those starting jobs. Uh, you know, maybe the right tackle job after Reef is uh, done with his one year, or maybe he's pressed into duty if Reef has to miss time. Um, those guys impressed me. The tackles impressed me. Yeah, I, I figured Borum would be the uh, the swing guy. That's why I had him pegged that all offseason. Um, then, of course, the drama happened with Tevin Jenkins. The bear signed Reef, you know, so there was a lot of, you know, fluctuation amongst those tackle spots. But I was like, you know, I had Borum written down. I wanted to make sure we talked about him at some point, you know, a lot of players can't go right to left. It's totally different mindset. I know there's some fans that think, who cares? What's the difference? Tackles, tackle. It's just not the case. Some guys can do it. Some guys can't do it. It's hard. It's hard. It's 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 like you're changing everything you do. Everything is totally opposite. So the fact that he was able to do it, have some success, I thought it was pretty good. So I'm glad you mentioned Borm. I wanted to talk about him too. But of course, Braxton Jones, he looks like the real deal. Yeah. Again, one game. It wasn't clean. Um, I, I started going through the film, and and I know there's a couple of things he has to clean up, but rookie, left tackle, I thought he looked pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I am impressed that, that Borum can switch back and forth. Like you mentioned, there's not a lot of guys that can do that. I think that because he has been asked to do that, that gives him reps on both sides, and he can kind of go that ambidextrous, if you will. But like you're saying – it, it's hard to get that muscle memory, right? You're, you're used to, you know, hitting your, your kick step with, you know, uh, with a certain sequence on the left side, and then you have to reverse all of that on the right side. That is not easy. You know, how many, uh, how many baseball hitters hit from both sides of the plate? Yeah. Right. I mean, it, that's, that's to me, that's kind of what it is. There's some guys that can do it and do it well. 
some guys maybe hit for more power on one side versus the other. It gives them an advantage, all that kind of stuff. I just, it's just not everybody. Not everybody can hit from both sides. I, I, I feel it's the same way. I feel like some guys just get locked in or they feel much more comfortable in those spots. Um, if Borum is able to show his value and be a swing tackle, I think it's, it's great. It's a great result. And I, he, he works hard. He's an easy guy to cheer for. And so, you know, I've been, I've been cheering for him to, to nail down a, you know, a, a future with this ball club. And I, I think he's, I think he's doing it. Yeah, for sure. All right. So what about Twitter? Uh, we got to get back into pulling up tweets of the week. So I'll let you start. You know, I, I kind of was going through my, my feed and then I kind of, you know, searched hashtag bears. And, and then I saw this pop up. And when I saw it, I'm like, I want to make sure we do have a chance to talk about this. It was, it was uh, Adam Hogue and he's at, Adam Hogue, uh, of course, he's the the Bears beat guy for CHGO. You know, he had a comment during the game. Uh, the Bears rushing to the line to get the next playoff was refreshing. And, of course, what he's talking about was the play after that really nice one-headed catch by Tajay Sharp on the sideline. It was a clean catch, but at the time, in, in real-time action, they don't know that. The fact that the Bears are coached up to be so aware of it that, hey, this is a, a questionable play, let's hustle to the line. And let's get the next playoff before the other team has a chance to look at it and review it. I thought that's just a, a great coaching point, and it's, it's great to, to, for us to point out because it's it's a new regime now. I mean, it's it seems like that that's uh, um, it's it's the smart in the in the hits principle. The S stands for playing smart, and that was such a smart thing for the offense to do right there. Yeah, and that actually started a sequence of good plays being yes. stacked together. That was the best sequence that the offense had. They were backed up inside the 10 before that uh, catch uh, by Sharp, which is an amazing catch. Yeah. I mean, just just kind of one-handed it back to himself and caught it, you know, tapped the feet. And then Fields gets up and, you know, he he runs for a first down. And then there was another uh, nice play down the field. Like, I mean, there was just this nice sequence there yeah. um, that 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 kicked off. So, yeah, very smart play. I, uh, I'm i highlighting uh, our friend EJ Snyder. Um, nice. He's at the Draftsman FB. I didn't need to write that down because I have written that so many times in articles <laughs> over the years. Uh, but he says, Brisker is the real deal. Not that that was in question. Showed all the things he showed on tape. Game doesn't look too big or too fast for him at all. He'll be a playmaker, difference maker very soon in Chicago. And I, I don't think there was maybe, I, I think we knew that. Like, it looked like he belonged right away, but it was nice to see him in full action. He was coming off the edge. He was coming down in the box to make run stops. He had a tackle for, for loss. He had uh, tackles in the open field. He had a pass breakup that was pretty close to getting picked off. Like, I mean, that would have been a really great interception, but you know, a nice uh, pass breakup and, and read the quarterback. Quarterback made a mistake throwing back across his body, but still like made him pay for it. You know, incomplete pass almost really made him pay for it with an interception. He's flying around the football, uh, flying around the field. He's got a nose for the football. Uh, I think he's going to be a lot of fun. I think he's going to be a fan favorite very quickly. The nice thing about Brisker in this game is, you know, he didn't play the whole game, obviously. It's preseason, but he showed the total package. Like you said, he was playing in the box. He was playing some uh, single high stuff. He was back in, in two deep stuff. So he showed everything. He showed good against the run. He showed he could cover. And he showed a physical presence where, you know, that's it's still football. You know, those, those type of hits in the secondary, those are things that receivers think about. You know, if you're going over the middle and you know Brisker's back there, you know he's going to lay the wood on you. And it was a clean hit, you know, the, the stuff he did. That's something offenses think about. That's something that they game plan against. And that's, you know, receivers don't want to get hit like that, you know. So if, if there's a, a questionable pass that's not a perfect throw to them 
and they have to go up and get it or extend to get it, it's going to be in the back of their mind that that Jake on Brisker guy's going to come in, you know, with with the wood right there. Yeah, I, I, def- I definitely don't want to get hit by a guy like Brisker. Looks, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's bringing he's a missile. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's it's exciting. And again, I just I think we're going to start seeing a lot of number nine jerseys. I, I really do. Yeah. I think I think people are going to like this guy a lot. And I'm I, I have I love defensive backs. So that's that's part of just me. I you know I I was born into an offensive lineman's body, but I always wish that I could play defensive back. It was just it, to me, it's a fun position on the football field. I just always I always like watching those guys. They they become my favorites very easy. Uh, so let's move on to our cut up in a numbers game. We try to pull a stat from the game or from the context of uh, the situation and. Uh, try to illuminate that. So what did you come up with? So my number this week is five for 32. And what that Sacks. is, it's, no, that is actually the uh, penalties for the bears. Oh, which okay. It's, it's not a clean number, obviously, but last year's first preseason game for the bears under, under the previous regime against the dolphins, they had nine penalties. So, so that was cut down significantly. And then uh, coach Flus in, in his post-game press conference mentioned that of those five, there were no pre-snap penalties. Again, something that the previous regime that we saw a lot of. So, I mean, if this this is an emphasis. I mean, this is something that the coach brought up after the game uh, that he was that he was you know re- really pleased with his team there for not having those pre-snap penalties. So, again, it, it points to the to the coaching. It points to being prepared. And then uh, Anthony Heron uh, was actually on the, the Fox uh, local post-game show, and, and he was talking about how how much he thought the team looked prepared. And again, Coach Flus, his staff, he has this team playing. I mean, the talent, the talent's not going to be there, but if you're well coached and you, and you play the game the right way, good things tend to happen. And that's where I think this Bears team is going to be this season. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to make this comparison because I don't want people to throw rocks at me. Um, but if you watched the Lions last year, they did not have talent, but they were in a lot of games. And they were playing hard and they really cared. I think the Bears have more talent than the Lions did last year. But this is not a team that is rich in talent right now. They are turning over the roster. And so in a, in a way, the best case scenario is that this team's feisty. And and is going to, that discipline and that intensity is going to keep you in games. And you're going to be able to beat you know other bad teams that don't have that. And then you're going to be able to stay in games with teams that are um, average to good and maybe steal some of them. And so if, if you bring that well-disciplined approach and that intensity and you believe, you can win more games than you, you probably should. And so that should give uh, fans a little bit of hope that this this team could have a pretty good record. There, you know, again, I don't want to say that this is like the Lions from last year because the Lions from last year lost a lot of games and they were bad. Yeah. But they had they, they built a lot of uh, enthusiasm in their fan base because they were feisty and they were a fun team to watch, um, biting kneecaps and all that kind of stuff. You don't need that here, but my number is 96. Oh, by the way, the Bears did give up five sacks, but it was only for 25 yeah, yards. So they did. Um, I had to, I was like, I, I thought, I, you know, five, <laughs> I thought I knew where you were going. Okay. My number is 96. That is all purpose yards for one Mr. Tristan Ebner. He uh, had six carries for 31 rushing yards, one nice angle route catch for a touchdown, and then he had two kick returns for 53 yards. You think they're going to try to get the ball to Tristan Ebner this year? <laughs> I mean, at Baylor, he was a do-it-all kind of guy. He was a special teamer. He was a a former receiver, uh, so you know he has good receiving skills. And of course, he was a tailback. So when he was picked, I didn't know a lot about him in the draft. And but of course, you know, we always do. We go back. We we, we take a look at the film, and 
I was impressed with what I saw with him at Baylor. He just is a, a, a smart football player. Again, he kind of fits in what the Bears want to do. Um, a, a real good guy off field as well. So with Ebner, man, I mean, he, he has a chance to, uh, to, to be a, a part of this offense. I mean, he's not going to be the number one. That's Montgomery. You know, but I think he's going to push Khalil Herbert for some for some touches here. Yeah, and, and a threat out, out of the backfield in the yes. passing game, and that's that's important. Uh, he's going to get touches and kick returns. Uh, that's pretty clearly his job. And uh, I mean, our you know our friend Robert Schmitz, very excited. You know, Baylor Bear, Baylor right? Bear, yeah, Baylor Bear to Chicago Bear. Uh, I I was really impressed. We we were impressed with his speed in camp. You know, they it looked like they were trying to get him involved early uh, in camp, and I I think that there's enough tea leaves here to read that he's he's going to have a role in this offense quickly um too 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 much speed and too much talent to to keep out there uh so excited about his debut um fields report let's move on to that i moved that up before the break because i think that we need to make sure we're talking about fields early and often this okay. year uh so I'm, I'm i'm kicking that up into the agenda uh four for seven 48 yards he took two sacks uh scrambled once for that 10 yard gain uh, did not lead the team to any points, although I don't really understand what happened on that last drive where they sort of had had something going and then just ran the uh, ran the ball a couple times and then yeah. decided to punt on whatever that was fourth and five uh, on the forty five. I didn't really understand that. It's preseason, you know. Let's let's try to let's try to get some points on the board, but uh, did not get hurt, which yeah. is a the number one thing in a preseason game. Uh, he did look pretty confident, I thought, uh, delivered a couple nice balls, uh, took underneath when it was given, had a couple drops, uh, which, you know, he can't do much about that. Overall, I thought that he looked uh, he looked OK. I mean, he's he, you know, he's progressing in a brand new offense with a brand new scheme and he looks more confident. You know, it's it's his processing ability. That's what a lot of fans want to see. They want to see him him speed up things a little bit. And and there's actually a, a good video breakdown. Uh, JT O'Sullivan, the, the QB school. I had a chance to watch that today. Former NFL quarterback does a great job breaking on quarterbacks. And he talks about Justin Fields that his process has sped up this year. And he said, and he pointed out a couple of plays where the, he was a little too quick to go through his reads, which hmm. for what he says is better than being too slow. So the fact that he's seeing it, and he's making the right reads, and then. One thing we saw in this game is his willingness to check down, which is something we saw in camp as well. Some fans look at that as, oh, I don't want to check down Charlie at quarterback. That's smart football. Sometimes the check down is better than taking the sack. Sometimes it's better to, to not force the ball deep. If, if, it's, if it's not there, if you're not completely confident in your ability to get the ball where you want to go deep, check it down, make the safe play, get it in your playmaker's hands. We already talked about Trusted Ebner. Uh, we've yet to see a guy like uh, Bayless Jones. You know, so there are some some speedy playmakers on this team that they're not household names, but I think Justin Fields has some confidence in these guys, and I think that uh, he's going to be making the smart play and uh, getting the ball down to them. Yeah, and I don't know if Herbert is going to be uh, losing time to Ebner based on that fact alone, but Ebner looks a little bit more fluid out of the backfield than than Herbert did last last yesterday. I don't. That's just one game, but uh, you can see that if you can provide an explosive play on a checkdown like Ebner can, uh, that might be a path to you know to, to being able to get on the field a little bit more. Um, and Ebner he had that one really nice run too at that juke. You know, yeah. like oh man, yeah, I. I think he's an explosive play waiting to happen. I mean, I think everybody wanted to quick say, Hey, this is like the treat Cohen replacement. I mean, you know, different players, different um, players but, yeah. but you know, juice, like he, he's bringing juice. So yeah. if fields is, is going to, to take those, um, you know, you want to have those guys that can not just 
catch the ball and fall forward for a yard and a half, but can actually make a guy miss or break a tackle and, and create it into a chunk play. Um, and, you know, just because it's a check down doesn't mean that it can't be a, a good gain or, a, a, you know, at least a positive for the offense. Um, overall, though, you know, you're you're seeing a lot of that former quarterback or, or the quarterback experts talk about Justin Fields' mechanics looking like they're cleaned up a little bit. Um, we saw the, them roll the pocket. Uh, yeah. You know, we saw him take off, right? There's all these things that we were begging for last year. Uh, the routes were not these static curl routes. They, you know, there were some downfield throws that he made and were converted, right? That field, that fields to Mooney throw was fun. I, I mean, at first I was like, I don't know how to take this, um, but he, I mean, he clearly saw the coverage, knew yeah. that he trusted Mooney to make the adjustment and go up and get it. And it was a great completion. Like he knew that he had you know, man coverage. The guy wasn't looking. He could throw it up to him. Mooney made, made the adjustment and pulled, pulled down the football. Um, I mean, fields to Mooney is going to be a thing. That's for sure a thing. And they, I know this is the field report, but I think we should talk about the other quarterbacks a little bit. <laughs> uh, Trevor Simeon. I thought he played pretty good. He looks like a legit vet backup, which, you know, is what you want to have in his team. And even Peterman was okay at, at times, but, but, but all these quarterbacks, what they did do is, is they executed the game plan and which brings us to Luke Getze. And I think that uh, there was a nice flow to his play calls. You know, one thing they mentioned in, in, in the, in the Chicago feed, which I wasn't aware of that, I guess in green Bay, Matt LaFleur let Getze call some plays in preseason, which is what a lot of, a lot of head mm. coaches do, but I wasn't aware that that had happened. So the fact that Getze had, you know, some of that in his, in his experience, I think it's good for him. I mean, it's, he's not a, a first-time play caller. He's done a little bit here, and but the flow he had, the way he was setting some things up, you know, we talk about the the Shanahan-esque offense. You know, it was just nice to see it how it all kind of came together. And it's gonna, you know, this is just you know day one, you know, preseason, so it's gonna be better as as as, as the year goes on. Yeah, absolutely. Here's the thing: look like a real professional offense professional, system, yeah. right? I mean, it's not perfect yet. And there's going to be a lot of growth and the, you know, you're, you're in the one Oh, I gotta even hate to say this because that was what the last guy said, but you're in that one Oh one stage, right. Yeah. Where you're, you're learning that initial stuff. And there's a whole universe of, of this offense that you're yet to discover that you get to get to. But again, it's an actual offensive system, not a collection of plays that some guy liked to put on his wall as wallpaper. <laughs> so, um, all right, well, we'll, uh, we'll take a quick break, uh, pause for the sponsors and, and we'll, we'll be back on the other end with the three bears. Yes. All right, Lester, we're back. So let's talk about the three bears. So, uh, those of you that are new to this, uh, segment, we pick out the hot bowl of porridge, cold bowl of porridge, and the just right bowl of porridge. Basically, guy that uh, exceeded expectations, guy that maybe struggled a little bit, and then a guy that hit those expectations, but and that's good to see, right? So let's start off with hot bowl of porridge. Who did you want to highlight here? I had two guys written down here because I, I know we're, I have a feeling we're okay, both. I'll go, go first this. then. I'll I'll go go first. Yeah, you can go first then. If you got two, because I only got one. So, okay. I mean, th I could have gone more, right? But yeah. this is, but to me, this guy was enough to where I just had to make sure that he, he, he got fed. Yeah. Uh, so Jack Sanborn. There it is. That's the guy. Yeah. Okay. So seven tackles, one pass defense, one interception, one fumble recovery, multiple special team stops. So, I mean, this is called filling the stat sheet. And this yeah. is an undrafted free agent linebacker. And some people were very excited. Our friend EJ Snyder, very excited when they signed uh, Sanborn to a contract. And 
I mean, this guy, he's not getting cut. <laughs> he's making plays all over the field, yeah. making plays on special teams. This guy's going to be part of the Bears. No question about it in my mind at this point. You know, when the Bears signed him as an undrafted free agent, a lot of fans, because, you know, he did have a lot of, a lot of uh, productivity in Wisconsin, a lot of fans thought this would be the one guy that may stick out. And, you know, first preseason game, he was the one guy that really stuck out. And I think he has a, a great – I mean, b- before the game, I thought he had a great chance to make the roster. Now seeing the game – uh, he was used a ton on special teams. He had the most special teams reps. And for those reserves, that's what you kind of look at when preseason. You know, see who has the most time playing special teams. That kind of gives you an idea how the Bears view them, uh, the, the future of them. And, you know, once the season starts, he had the most reps. Uh, he had, like I said, he filled the stat sheet. You know, he had the, uh, seven total tackles, five on defense, two on special teams. But he was around the ball all day. Jack Sanborn is uh he's definitely a player to look at. I mean, he, he's not going to be the next starter. I know I saw some guys in my mention saying, Oh, trade Roquan because Jack Sanborn. Oh, he's an undrafted uh, pump free the brakes on that yeah, one, guys. It's, it's, but it's, but this is a nice, guy yeah. he looks like he's gonna make the roster, and that's great, right? I mean, yeah. if you can get value, I mean, you know, the the story of NFL roster building so much is that you need stars. You know, you need stars to exceed their contracts if possible, but sometimes you just need stars to like meet their contracts. And then you need to fill in the team with contributors because they're cheap contracts. That's how you can afford the stars, right? Like this isn't baseball where you can pay a luxury tax. I mean, you can do a little bit where you like don't have very much into your salary cap and you roll over a bunch, you know, cause there's a couple years rolling average of how they calculate that. And then you could throw a bunch into a, you know, a year or two. So you could condense things and try to, you know, play the game a little bit for the most part, teams are looking for excess value in contracts. That's what they're doing. And you have to get contributions from undrafted free agents or late round picks to balance out where you're going to spend more money, particularly when you get to the point when you're paying a quarterback. And so you need Jack Sanborns to, to, to make teams work. So that this, I mean, he's not Roquan replacement. He's valuable contributor on special teams and a guy that can play in a pinch. And that's great. You want those. I mean, he did play some Mike in the game. He played outside. You know, I, I think, you know, he has a chance to push for some reps at the Sam, possibly these next few, the, the, the next two preseason games. It's going to be fun watching him play, watching him grow here. Um, and like I said, like we both said, I think he's, at this point, he's a lock. Who'd you get? My other guy, we talked about already. It's, it's Jaquan Brisker. I just wanted to make sure we okay. had a chance to talk about Brisker a little bit. Um, you know, four tackles, one tackle for loss, one pass defense, you know. Um, like I said, good in every aspect of the game, um, coming up and play the run, you know, his, his coverage ability and then his physicality. Just, I wanted to make sure that, uh, I had a feeling we're both going to go with Sanborn because he was, you know, clearly the player of the game. Uh, but I want to make sure we, we did have a chance to talk about Brisker, which we did. So that's good. I also just mentioned Tajay Sharp. Uh, there you go. Couple, couple mm-hmm. nice catches, um, making it making a case to be one of those wide receivers. That six wide receiver room starting to get interesting. You know, who are you going to keep in addition to Darnell Mooney and Bayless Jones and Byron Pringle? Those guys are pretty much locks. You figure they're going to probably put Nikhil Harry on, uh, you know, some sort of short-term IR to start the year. And so there's going to be an extra spot opened up. But, you know, who are the guys that are going to have that opportunity to make that first roster? Who are the guys that they're going to cut and hope that they can bring back on the practice squad and try to develop a little more? You know, this guy's a veteran, though. You, you know, he's he's going to need to make the roster I would think, I don't think he's got any, you know, uh, practice squad eligibility left. And so 
uh, Sharp making a case. And I thought he looked yeah. good. He's a professional wide receiver and, you know, uh, brought down a tough ball and and then just got open on, I think, kind of a broken coverage on the second one. But came down with both of them to me. That's, that's what you, you know, you, he did what he could with those opportunities. We yeah. should at least make sure we mention him the here. Cause that that's important for his future on this team. Yeah. As far as a practice squad, I know they, they continued those COVID rules where they let some veterans be on the practice squad. Now, I think they actually may have extended it. So, you know, sharp could be a guy that lands on the practice squad and, you mentioned that I want to real quick mention that the short-term IR, I think they expanded that as well this year too. So uh, I think it's eight players. Now you can, uh, you can bring back off IR. I think it was, and you have to miss four games minimum. So if you're missed four games, which is probably going to be Nikhil Harry, cause it's a, an eight week injury from what the experts are saying, they have to make the 53 man roster. Then you have to put them on IR and then you can bring them off in four weeks. So with a guy like sharp, maybe they kind of, bring him on a long extra because they don't want to lose him. Yeah. Sharps. I mean, this is going to be his sixth NFL season. looks like yeah. he missed the 2017 season. So seventh season in the league, I guess. And um, you know, he's, he's not a, he's not as young as you might think. Uh, so he's a, he's a veteran, but um, you know, he, he's getting the reps and, and doing more with opportunities there. Um, all right. Other side of that cold bowl of porridge. Um, I'm, you know, I'll just start. I, I'm going to say Michael Schofield. Um, just because he just didn't look all that good. I'm rooting for him, you know, local guy. Uh, you hope that he's got, you know, at least a year left in, in his, in his body to, you know, to perform, but he just, uh, you know, got beat real bad by Chris Jones real early. That was uh, the very obvious blinking red light. Just thought he looked pretty stiff throughout his reps and, uh, someone needs to take on that right guard role and, and solidify it. He was the guy that they signed to try to do that. Not a great start for him. Yeah, he's uh, he struggled, but to be fair, Chris Jones, one of the better defensive linemen in the league. Right. Let's see how Schofield cleans things up. You know, he he knows he didn't have that good game, so uh, you know he's he's a pro. You know, he he's not a not not a, not a, a Pro Bowl type guy. He's a guy that is a, is a plug in. You hope you can kind of get by a season with him. He's a one year guy, so uh, I think he'll be fine going forward. But yeah, he did have a bad game. You have the same, or do you have somebody? No, else? I, I I actually got Khalil Herbert. Um, yeah yeah that's you know, fair he had a uh, less than three yards of carry um it's not all him part of it's the o-line it wasn't everything there for him but a couple drops you know and uh you know part of this may be because ebner's coming on so i tweeted about it in the game you know you have to be able to play pass protection you have to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield if you want to come in there and be the the number two you got to do that part of the game. So last year he wasn't the best in pass pro uh, his receiving skills are okay, you know, but you know, first game out a couple drops less than three yards a pop. I got to go with, uh, with Herbert for the Colt this week. Yeah, that's totally fair. I, I actually thought that, you know, similarly, I uh, was kind of disappointed. He was, he felt like he was dancing around a little bit and needs to just kind of stick his foot in the ground and get north south yep. so we'll see if he can recover uh in his next opportunities because they're not going to run montgomery much in the preseason if at all right like yeah. there's no need to uh, run your number one back in, in preseason games so you know these, these are reps for those guys the, uh, down the depth chart uh just right bowl of porridge here i'm going to go with uh the the right legs of cairo santos and trenton gill uh, nice First of all, absolutely what I expect from Santos. He he came out pretty vocal about the turf at Soldier Field yeah. this last week and just how terrible it is. And it, it completely beat up. They had a they had a concert there. 
uh, I guess, you know, not, not that long ago, really beat up the field. And he was just taking a task about how terrible the field was. I mean, there's some I'm pretty like strong quotes about how bad the field is uh, from, from Cairo Santos. But he's basically like, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm a professional. I'll figure it out. But, you know, this is this is not a professional football field. Uh, he was due for two. You know, he just looks good. He's, just, he's a good kicker. Oh, my God. I love yeah. the fact that Cairo Santos is here. Uh, and then the rookie, Greg Gill. I, I mean, what? Where did this come from? This guy looked great. He dropped in multiple multiple punts inside the 20. He had three inside the 20. Yep. Should have been four. One of them dribbled into the end zone. He had one down inside the five. And again, that one that went into the end zone should have been down. It looked like it was very close to being down. Uh, I mean, you know, I don't want to be negative and be like, he's going to have a big year because, you know, you don't want to talk about your punter having a big year. But punters can be weapons. Like, I think people get, oh, punters, who cares? You just sign the cheapest one on free agency. and it, No, like punters can actually be weapons. And we're starting to see more of those guys throughout the league where they actually do impact the game. And I think we've been kind of conditioned to mediocre with Pat. I mean, not trying to throw shade on Pat O'Donnell, yeah. professional punter, uh, average guy, right? But he's not, he's not a good punter. He's just a guy. And and this this guy had a great debut. Trenton Gill had a great debut. And it makes me think like maybe there's something to this where he can be a weapon for the Bears. I had Trenton Gill as my <laughs> just right as well this week. You know, the awesome. special teams love's got to be there. You know, this is a team, it's a defensive head coach. You know, field position is gonna matter for this team. You know, they, they have uh, some weapons at at, at returner. You know, so having a guy at punter that you feel is going to be able to do it, he had some nice hang time. Like you said, he had three punts, in, you know, that, that he put inside the 20. Good uh, good angle punter. Uh, he also can kick off for you. He kicked off in the game. Um, let, let's talk about his holding. He held the ball. Oh, yeah, for perfect. So, you know, hey, you know, Trenton Gill is a, uh, you know, I know when he was drafted, you know, who scouts punters? But J- Jacob Infante, you know, some of the stuff that he did talk about him is, you know, uh, and a lot of other scouts said this, his, uh, his, his approach, he has a, an extra step in his approach. They said that a lot of times a punter, you got you have to uh, have a, a shorter approach in the college game to the NFL game. I don't know if he, if he cleaned it up or not. I'm assuming he cleaned it up because he's, he's a pro. Um, but you know, I didn't expect much out of Trenton Gill. I thought there, there'd be some competition, you know, really early in the off season, the bears cut the, 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 the other punter. I can't remember his name now, but, they're comfortable with Gill. That showed in the first preseason game. Let's see him build on this, and let's uh, let's keep it going. Yeah, I, I mean, it's weird to be excited about a punter. I get it, but I, you know, I did a Q and A with the Seahawks guy uh, not last year, the year before, and they were so excited about their punter. Like he he basically asked me, like, "Do you know about our punter and how awesome he is?" Like that was one of his questions to me. I'm just like. I, I no, I don't know your Ooh. punter. Um, and he's like, he's good. Like the, the, okay. the Seahawks punter is good. I can't remember his name. Um, I, you know, it, my punter knowledge is, is a little lower than other position groups. I will admit <laughs> something I, something I need to work on. It's a hole in my game. I need to improve that. Uh, he's a, he's an Australian guy, I think. Right. Okay. So there's a lot of these Australian guys that come in and he is really good. And then in the, in the draft, it, I mean, it was pretty obvious that they're going to, either take a punter or they're going to sign sign one uh, undrafted free agent. And everybody was focusing on, in on that punt God guy, punt the, God, yeah. you know, the Arizona Zeria? state. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know, he had like an 82 yard punt, <laughs> which, okay. You know, that, I, uh, that's pretty good. Uh, but you know, there's more to punting than just, 
you know, I mean, I love flipping the field, you know, that that's, it's a personal favorite of mine for many reasons, but uh, that 82 yard punt can flip the field, but you have to be able to be a skilled punter as well. You have, like you said, angle punting, hang time, you know, trying to drop it in. Like there, there's a lot of skill set to, to being a good punter. Like, you know, uh, Hecker is a really great punter because he can do all those things and he can be a weapon, um, you know, for, for his teams. But uh, I don't know, man. I was excited. Uh, here again, first preseason game. I'm getting excited about punters. We're excited I mean, about you know, punters. Yeah. Football's back. You know, that, that's all I can say. We're, we're excited. So let's uh, let's get out of here. Do you have any final thoughts uh, on the game or, you know, what, what's going on on the channel or what do you want to talk about? I do have one final thought. I want to talk about Tevin Jenkins a little bit. Okay. Because as I'm watching the game, uh, I thought it was kind of up and down. Um, but I see some stuff on Twitter and social media. And they were like taking him a task saying that he was awful. You know, he looked really bad out there. When I rewatched the game, I didn't see that. I think he's, he's fine. I mean, he's still in, in his ramp up uh, process, you know, who knows what the injury, if there was one, I mean, that's what the bears kind of talked about, but, but I, I thought uh, tre- uh, Tevin Jenkins looked pretty good. And in, in, until we see who ends up starting at that right tackle spot, Maybe he'll push someone for that job, and I know there has been some some work at right guard as well. Maybe he can kind of be a right guard, right tackle kind of guy this season. But um, I thought Tevin Jenkins was much better than what some of the people thought. Yeah, let's see if he can start to win some reps earlier in yeah. these preseason games. Let's see if he can kind of ride up here uh, as the the weeks wear on. I mean, we're, this is mid August. It's it's August fourteenth right now. He, he's got some time. To, to, to do that he and he's behind everybody right now and obviously he was playing late into the game so we'll see I, I mean you know there's a possibility that he's the best right guard on the roster and he just doesn't know it yet right yeah well let's, let's see what happens they have been willing to move guys around and try to find the best starting five um, you'd hope that would continue at some point all the bs is behind you and you're on the field and you're contributing they talk about how great you've been in meetings you've been attentive you know i don't know that the bears are going to hold anything against him for what happened in the first week of training camp so if he's there and he's putting in the work and and he shows you know this the nfl is a meritocracy right i mean there's to some degree there's first round draft picks are always going to get another chance like there, there's some of that stuff there where there isn't so much the meritocracy stuff there there's some 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 uh, scholarship uh you know uh, effect yeah. you know that, i mean I, I understand that but generally the guys that are performing better are going to get on the field. It just they they push themselves on. So if he's able to push through the roster as he rounds himself into shape, I would imagine that the Bears will put him on the field. So uh, that's more valuable for this new regime to figure out that they have value in a young offensive lineman that has you know two years left after this year yes. on his contract. So if he's good and they can get something out of him this year, they will do that. I mean, you know, Michael Schofield's not the future of the Bears. Uh, Riley Reef's not the future of the Bears. Like, they they can, he can work his way into this because it's for the benefit of the Bears to do that. So I agree with you. I didn't see the awful. I saw the up and down. Yeah. So There was a good article on, I think it was NBC Chicago had an article. And I think uh, CHGO also had an article about Tevin Jenkins. So it wasn't just me that kind of went back and rewatched and thought he was played okay. You know, it's it's out there a little bit, so it's it's cool. I mean, Tevin Jenkins, I'm a fan. I love what he did in college. Uh, I liked what he did a little bit last year. I want to see him. I think it's a great story that he goes from what he went through early in camp in the offseason, you know, the the drama, whatever it was. Who knows behind the scenes what happened was. But if he can overcome that, you know, bust his butt and come back and become a, a big-time player for this franchise, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right. For those of you that are uh, live streaming with us, we're going to get you your questions here in a bit. We're going to close out the podcast by saying, please visit us on Second City Gridiron and yeah. subscribe. We're trying to get to a thousand subscribers. Lester has a lot of fun stuff in a package that he is going to send to one subscriber once we get to that thousand mark. So, you know, if nothing else, if you like free stuff, yeah, you get to jump in with a chance for that. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Gridironborn and at WillFongJR. And uh, we got a ton of stuff going on on the web uh, the website we got a ton of stuff on the the podcast channel we're gonna have a ton of stuff on on the youtube channel as well uh taylor's show continues to pull some really fun guests uh making monsters make sure you're checking uh, taylor and dylan out uh, for for really good interviews there bill zimmerman he's getting back in uh he's pulling interesting guests to talk about the bear season uh ej and i now that ej is bootleg binge is uh looks like it's you know he's he's reached the end of that we'll we'll be cranking bears over beers up here soon robert's getting back on the mic he cut a uh a, a show right after the game yesterday he had sam householder on so uh we have plenty of bears content for you on that channel and we're going to put more and more of it up on uh youtube as well so make sure you're checking us out there uh, but until next time guys thanks for joining us and bear down <laughs>